I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, taking the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Now Ballesteros. With a putt that could win him the 113th British Open. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lawrence Stonigan and I got a bit of a row last week for not mentioning that uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can uh, you might presumably be a fan of fine golf writing, in which case go to mckellarmagazine.com and you can purchase uh, issues one and two of our wonderful literary golf journal. Issue three is... Um, Almost completed. Uh, my co-host has a couple of pieces in it, actually. Uh, one of which has his name on it, and the other one, which he doesn't know yet, but I've taken his name off it. Oh, my goodness. What's uh, going on? Uh, it's the world according to Chubby Chandler. Uh, we haven't... Uh, you sat down with Chubby. Um, uh, anyway, sorry, uh, my co-host, Mr. John Huggin. How are you doing, Huggy? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you. I'm a bit disillusioned now, to be honest. Um, but I really, I was editing, uh, not that it needed much editing, Huggy, uh, your chubby thing, very, I won't give anything away, but the one poignant thing in the whole, uh, um, my biggest regret is that I'm no longer Lee Westwood's best friend. Uh, that was, uh, oof. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, there was a few seconds of silence after he said that. I didn't quite know what to say, and he, but he, that was all he said. He, he wasn't going to elaborate any further. Uh, anyway, if that's uh, if that's piqued your interest, issue three should be out in the next uh, I don't know uh, six weeks or something like that. Uh, we're just waiting for a couple of uh, late late arrivals, including one from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and we won't give the other uh, piece away. Anyway, Huggy, uh, this is a weekly golf podcast. Uh, good response to last week's uh, first. A uh, lot of doubters though, saying that uh, no chance you'll do it weekly. Oh well, here uh, we are. A uh, UK, our pal, UK golf guy. Uh, he was. Uh, he called it uh, what the season coming to the end of the season. I'm thinking, when's the end of the season? There, there is no end to the season. That's it. There's a one week off at Christmas, and that's it. The uh, you when are you off to Australia? When you you got you? Uh, oh, it's a couple of months yet. Now, November thirtieth, I think I'm flying to Australia. But I've got uh, I've got three. Three trips before that. I'm going to America, Turkey, and Dubai before I get to Australia. Uh, you're going to, can, am I allowed to see what you're going to the States for? Is that a big, big top? Uh, no, I'm, that's a social thing. It's oh, not, right, okay. uh, not business. Yeah. The uh, and then Turkey for the Turkish Open, I think. I guess is it Turkish Airlines Open? Yes. And then to Dubai for the the great the DP World. Yes. The DP World. Okay. Um, here's a, a quiz question for you. Who is leading the uh, race? To Dubai, or Road to Dubai, whatever it's called. Uh, is it still Shane Lowry? It's still Shane Lowry, but uh, I, I tell you uh, who is, well, I'm sure it's changed after yesterday, but uh, I think McElroy is like tw- 22nd or something. That, well, he's only played about five events, yeah. hasn't he? Um, yeah. Anyway, listen, Huggy, well, that, that gives us a good, um, we'll jump straight in. Um, the Dunhill Lynx, you were up there. Um, how was it? How did the, how did the old course look? 
Uh, well, the old course is um, well. The old course is the, it's always fantastic. But I mean, I've written about this already and probably talked about it on here. Um, I'm a bit disturbed at some of the things they're doing to the old course. Uh, there's more long grass out there than there's ever been, which is you know abhorrent to any traditionalist of the game. I mean, there shouldn't be any long grass on that golf course, ideally. Uh, some of the bunkers, uh, the road hole bunker, for example, um, it's, it's a disgrace. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's just a, the middle of a donut now. I mean, it's just a circle. It's never meant to be like that. You look back at pictures back in the day, it was half the height and, and you know, had scraggy bits about it and a bit of character to it. Now it's just a, looks like a hole in the ground. I mean, it's a disgrace what they've done to it. And my abiding memory of, uh, because you're obviously much more experienced at that kind of level of golf than I am, but my abiding memory is David Duval. Did you like that version of the, of the Road Hole Bunker? Well, no. I mean, that that's uh, that was ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't need to be said that, you know, you've got a world-class golfer, maybe what, top two or three in the world at the time, and he, and he couldn't get the ball out of the bunker because it was a 90-degree face, right, at inches in front of his ball. It was an absolute farce. Uh, well, that's funny, isn't it? I absolutely loved that, and I'm sure I'm uh, like a lot of people. We we kind of loved that, you know, the Tommy Nakajima yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's not golf, is it? It's such a purist, Huggy. Uh, how's the uh, how's the rough situation down the uh, right hand side of the 17th? The right hand side, yes, or the left hand side. Oh well, know. oh sorry, the left hand side. Sorry, yeah, well, yeah. Right. Well, it's yeah. There's rough there, and you know, again, there shouldn't be any rough there. I mean, because as I've said many times, if if somebody wants to whiff their ball away to the left and and have a terrible angle into that green, you know, let them have it and let them tempt them into going for the green when they shouldn't and bringing sixes and sevens and eights into play. Because now, if they drive into the rough, they can chop it up somewhere short right and make a four or a five every time. I mean, how boring is that? I, I, actually, Matthew Southgate was in that left-hand rough. He had a, a yeah. bad like That was a cracking shot he hit, actually. It was a hell of a shot yeah. he hit. But the, you know, the rough will be even worse in the summer if the r and have their way, I've no doubt. The um, the I did notice at some point, I, I think John Ram and Rory were both, I think they both had, a, I think Rory had 121 yards in for his second shot in the road hole and Ram had 123 mm. yards. This is what happens when you don't put the tee back far enough on the driving range. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, that that tee, I mean, you know, obviously it's a, a, another disgrace, for want of a better word at this point. Um, but that's the only reason that is there is because, as you just said, um, they'd be driving it so close to that, they'd be kicking it onto the green if they, the tee was back where it used to be. And that would be, you know, extremely embarrassing to the authorities to have what is reputed to be the hardest par four on the planet, and they're, and they're throwing the ball onto the green. I mean, it's, you know, oh, it doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, uh, right, we've got to be careful. Actually, before I forget, somebody did a brilliant, and I posted the podcast last week, somebody put it up, it's uh, Morning Drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're off to a good start. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was absolutely... So I think we might re, uh, I will rename the podcast Morning Drive. That would be fantastic. <laughs> That is good. Uh, yeah. uh, so uh, the tournament itself was won by Dundee's very own Victor Perez. Yes. <laughs> Our good pal uh, Martin Dempster. I mean, talk about, I mean, great lad, Martin. Uh, well done, mate. Uh, but talk about putting a kilt on a story. Uh, it was fantastic. Yes. Uh, I think his, his girlfriend's a dental student. That's right. And, and, but he lives in he lives in Edinburgh. So uh, He's got, apparently, yeah, his he's actual abode is in Edinburgh, but he obviously spends a fair bit of time in Dundee for obvious reasons. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was going to tweet Martin, uh, is this uh, Perez guy any relation to the Aberdeen boy 
who died when the Titanic sank. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> That's right. Aberdeen man lost its sea. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know, I, I have to confess, I didn't know much about Victor Perez. Uh, I mean, he's a... Uh, he died. Yeah, I mean, he had a good amateur record. He was. Uh, I, I read that he was uh, runner-up in the individual at the Eisenhower to John Ram what, four or five years ago, so that's no mean feat. Um, he... Uh... Yeah, and he's all, he can obviously play. Uh, the one thing I, I was more because I don't know why, but Matthew Southgate, uh, he was he's been lost in my consciousness for I, I don't know why, but he, he is. But I was shocked to discover that he had such bad uh, chipping yips. Oh my goodness! Aye. yeah, it's a bit of an issue with him. Um, he's actually the interesting thing about him. Well, there's two interesting things is that he came back uh, happily from a testicular cancer scare three or four years ago now and he's a member a fee-paying member at Carnoustie he's, oh. since he's since he was a boy his uh, father is uh, I think his father's probably a member too and the, they were up on holiday and they both joined and they've been members ever since um he actually laid up on 18 I thought my goodness I mean that was a bit yeah it's so, an odd one uh, yeah. It, yeah um anyway uh so Perez wins at Southgate like, well, I don't even know the other boy, the Swedish fella. Good luck to you, Paul Waring, Tommy Fleetwood, Matthew. Anyway, anything else stri- strike you about the actual tournament itself, Huggy? Was it a? Um, well, it's 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 no more watchable than it's ever been. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm you know I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to these things. I freely admit it. But uh, I think I don't think I'm alone in Scotland. I mean, I'm always kind of amused by the fact that it's it's free to get in. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there's nobody there basically because <laughs> they're, they're watching all these choppers. And then on the Sunday, I think they charged 20 quid and there was thousands of people showed up So you know, to watch the real golf. And, but again, they have these 20 amateurs bouncing around in the middle of it all. I, I've never understood why they do that. Get, I mean, three rounds of that is enough for me. I was struck at how bad, uh, I didn't watch much of it, uh, or certainly not much of the a- amateur stuff, but how bad Jamie, Jamie Redknapp was at golf. Uh, Luke Donald's partner, uh, oh my God, every time I looked, he was hitting a bad shot. Was, well, yes. I mean, he was supposed to be a decent player too, I thought. Oh. But I tell you who was the star of the show was um, Jerry McElroy. Never oh. mind Rose. Jerry was out of this world. He's funny. I, mean, I don't think anybody plays more golf in the world than Jerry these days. But still, I mean, he, apparently he was three under par on his own ball at King's Barnes. And he was something like two or three under on the back nine at St Andrews on the Saturday. So... I mean, he, he carried it around. In fact, I, I even said to, to Rory as he left on last night, I said, I'm going to have to stop saying that you get it from your mother. I, obviously, it's your father. It's this, the secret behind this talent. The, uh, yeah, there was a video. I don't know who it was. I think it might have been Golf Digest posted a video, a, a, you know, synchronised a video of both their swings. I, mm. so, I mean, he's a little bit across the line at the top. But, mm. uh, oh, my God. And he's, well, that's, he's 60 years old. What a player. I know. Yeah, he was, I mean, he's been better. He's a bit three or four or five handicaps, something like that now, but he's been, I think he was scratch uh, back in the day. Uh, so he's always, he's always, he can see he's a good player. I mean, he's got the swing and he's got all the mannerisms and holds the club properly and does all the things that, that good players do. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think even Rory was impressed with him. The um, There was a great quote from Rory. It really struck home. Uh, he was asked about playing with his dad and he was like, well, he's kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> That's right. I think they, they probably had enough of each other after a week. Of, you know that you can never go back, Lawrence. You know that. Uh, the uh, I bet Jerry. Would, I mean, I know because I've been there. Jerry was saying, "No, you're, you know, you're putting no that, but you know, you're taking it outside of your putting stroke." Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. I do that with the wee man all the time, and he said to yeah. me, "He says to me, don't bother. 
don't. Just don't. Yeah. This is yeah. toxic. You're talking rubbish. Yeah. So the, la- the last person in the world you're ever going to listen to is your father. Well, especially when you can, well, you can hammer him, you know. Uh, yeah. Not that yeah. uh, our, our boy's anywhere near what Rory is. But anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Jerry Michael, what tees do they play off, Huggy? Do they play off the, I, the tourist yeah. tees or the medal tees? It would be a, a, probably a mixture, I would think, of medal tees and boxes. It depends on the, each hole and each course. But, uh, yeah, they're certainly a good bit forward from where the pros are playing from. Uh, so, anyway, I can, as he does, I mean, he's, it's, it's all Rory all, all the time, isn't it? He's just so kind of charismatic and interesting. He kind of makes all the headlines. I feel kind of bad. I'm sure he does feel a little bit bad now as well. Uh, but he comes off... Uh, after his round yesterday, what did he finish? I think I've tried to see where he finished. Seventeen uh, under. Twenty. Yeah, it was fifteen under. I think wasn't was it? Was it fifteen? I can't even remember. So, so some what kind of journalist are we? Oh, there yeah. he is. There he was fifteen under. Finished tie twenty six. Quote yeah. is: uh, I'm honestly sick of coming back over to the European Tour and shooting fifteen under par and finishing thirtieth. And then he goes on about the uh, course setup. It's been too easy. Um, <laughs> So that creates all sorts of headlines, and then he comes out again. <laughs> this is a kind of classic pattern with Rory. He kind of says stuff, and you're like, "Oh wow, that's quite fun," and you know, well said. And then he comes out the next day, and he and he kind of has to, you know, the slight reverse ferret. You know, I shouldn't have said it at the time or to the wrong people. Or, uh, but well, I think he, he probably picked the wrong moment in the at the end of a pro am event where the you know the pin positions are, are certainly easier because the you know the, the amateur you want to get the amateurs around in a decent time and all that kind of stuff. So he maybe could have picked a better tournament to say that. But I'm I'm not saying he's wrong in what he said. But the, the because the elephant in the room and all that is the is the cause of it all, and it's mostly the the equipment. I mean, the, as long as the pros are allowed to hit the ball as far as they can, of course the courses are going to seem easy to them. Um, well, again, it's funny. In years gone past, this would never have happened. But of course, as soon as he said it, people were were uh, dissecting it. There was all sorts of stats, mm. uh, I, you know, and uh, you know, statistically, he's actually wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, the winning score on the PGA Tour is, uh, uh, yeah, the average winning score is, is eight, minus eighteen point three under par compared to European Tour sixteen point one. And the events mm. that Rory played in uh, European Tour really is right there. It's a kind of one and a half stroke difference. Um, so, and then the strongest events, uh, where the the world the available world uh, ranking points are a bit higher, the uh, the average score on the Euro, or winning score on the European tours and, and minus nineteen point four under par, PG tours minus uh, eighteen point whatever. Um, so, no, you know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a toss up. But the point the point remains. Uh, well, I I don't know, Huggy. Does par matter? I mean. My theory is well, we, we just forget about par, you know, and, and let's not worry about uh, it. Well, that's been said many times. I mean, it's just a number on a card at the end of the day. But, uh, I mean, all those numbers you just you trotted out there, I mean, that, that doesn't make Rory wrong. He just didn't he didn't go far enough. He could have said the courses are too easy everywhere. I mean, his point about the European Tour is still correct, despite the fact that the PGA Tour is a wee bit easier. That, that's, he could have just dragged them in as well. Um, the uh, and again, as you say, the, the issue isn't really the fact that the golf courses are, are, are too easy, although they probably are for these guys. The issue is, you, you know, what is behind it? Why? I mean, I could turn yeah. the Oakwood. I mean, I could make the winning score at the Dunhill Links, you know, well over par, but I'd have to stick the the, the pins in the bunkers. Uh, 
it's uh, the, the problem that comes about. It is, and I, I don't want to r- do a podcast because I've ranted about this for years, you and I. Uh, it all comes back to, to the equipment, isn't it? That, I mean, that's Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah. I mean, I think and people slightly misunderstood what Rory was saying in that um, he was very specifically criticising the setup of the courses, not the courses themselves. You know, because I think our good friend Mike Clayton was quick to, to jump in and he's dead right, he always is, Clayton, but the, the courses need to be defended and, and nobody does a very good job of defending them other than him out there. But uh, he, he slightly misconstrued what Rory was saying mm. and it's the setup of the course which is very distinct from the course itself. Well, well what does he want? I mean, I don't want you to speak for Rory, but what, what does Rory want then? Well, yeah, I mean, if I was Rory, um, I'd be saying, you know, we need to fix the equipment because he's got the same problem to not quite the same extent, but the same problem as Tiger Woods had back in the day. I mean, Tiger Woods, for all that Tiger Woods achieved, which is, you know, obviously ridiculously remarkable what he did. He did it in spite of the fact that the equipment was dragging him back to the pack, if you like. I mean, the, certainly on driving. I mean, the, the average driver now is on the tour is so much closer to the best driver and far closer than he should be. And that's one of Rory's issues, or it would be if I was Rory. I'd be thinking, I'm not getting the benefit here that I should be getting from the fact that I'm the best driver in the game. And I'm getting some benefit from it. I mean, the Stokes gain thing shows that, but I'm not getting... He's probably getting half of the benefit that he should get, and that would me that would stick in my craw. And then you get guys like uh, I know that I mean Nicholas Kolsatz, who's a pal of mine, the Belgian lad on the European Tour. He's the most magnificent long irons you know, striker, fantastic with long irons, and he gets no benefit from that because all these, relatively speaking, choppers out there with their hybrids can hit the shots that he can hit with his two iron and his three iron. They're out there with their hybrids getting away with murder, basically, as far as he would say. And Rory's the same as well, isn't he? I mean, you only have to walk, yeah. you won't have to walk down the range and, and listen to the way Rory hits a ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mike Clayton, got to go back to Mike Clayton, one of his one of my favourite sayings of his is that if you can't hit a three-iron properly, you should be on the tour. They should be almost made to pass a test. You know, never mind the rules test. They should be made to pass a three-iron test before they get on the tour. Uh, the uh, So they're not... Well, it is about the equipment. Uh, so what happens? I mean, what's yeah. it going to take? Again, Rory's probably paid, I mean, I'm guessing, ballpark, $10 million a year by TaylorMade. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. The, the, the silence is bought by the companies, as you know. Yeah. Um, but at what point, do, I mean, is there ever a point where where somebody might just say, okay, enough is enough? Well, just, I mean, to underline the point is that, you know, the, the things they do now to the golf courses to, in a vain attempt to keep the scores up, I mean, the, the, to make them more difficult in inverted commas, they've done all of those things because the ball goes so far, and yet the players still think the courses are easy. I mean, can you imagine what it'd be like if they didn't trick up the courses to the extent that they do? I mean, my goodness, they'd be going around in nothing. But but when I ask you, what does Rory want? I mean, obviously he doesn't want for, for a myriad reasons, uh, mostly financial. He doesn't, again, not to pick on him, he doesn't want, you know, bifurcation, which would be the obvious uh, solution. Uh, but, but Well, I, I, think you, I think he does. I yes, think but, that's what he's, he's hedging towards. Well, yes, well, well, say it. You know, but I, yeah. I, and again, you, you, you wonder, even if he did say it, I mean, Jack Nicholas has been saying it for years and, and he's just ignored. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what, what, is, what does Rory want, you know, in terms of course setup? I mean, what, yeah. I mean, you take it, I mean, Ernie Els chimed in this morning on Rory's side, uh, rightly so. Uh, 
uh, t- talking about when they changed uh, the West Course at Wentworth, and pe- and pe- people mm-hmm. complained about it, you know, because the winning score was only minus minus six, I think it was, and now mm-hmm. it's back up to minus twenty. I mean, what what does Rory want? I mean, if he doesn't want to change well, in equipment w- w- in terms of s- setup, because he can't, you can't make it too hard for these guys. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, on the bifurcation thing, I mean, you know, I actually spoke to him on the, on Sunday night. Uh, just the two of us, and briefly, and I said that to him, is that the bifurcation has already arrived and that the game that he plays and the game that you and I play have never been more divorced from each other, and that situation has been created by the authorities doing nothing about the equipment. You know, the bifurcation is already with us, so why there, there's a problem with actually doing it officially, I've never really understood, um, because... It needs to happen because the ideal scenario in all of this, of course, is that they they fix the equipment, for want of a better phrase. The ball doesn't go nearly as far. The combination of driver and ball is is much reduced. They don't have to trick up the golf courses the way they do. They they don't have to grow rough. Like the old course being the perfect example, they wouldn't have to grow all that silly long grass that they've got out there. And the bunkers are now in the rough in some holes. They wouldn't have to do any of that. And the courses could then be played in the way that the original designer designed them to be played. I mean, that is the ideal scenario. But until the equipment, the first hurdle to get over is the equipment. Until that happens, it's, none of the above is going to get get done, really. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it does beg the question, if it's... Uh, so, uh, again, I hate to... I'm not picking on Rory. You know, Okay, then you set up these... Uh, you know, take out the pro-am element. I mean, he picked the wrong... Uh-huh. He picked yeah. the wrong theatre for the argument, but let's go yeah. somewhere else. You know, w- w- what's your answer? You know, how would you set up the course? Well, the answer is well, I'd make the fairways seventeen yards wide and 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 grow grow the rough above the ankles and uh, yeah. I, I, and you know and, and who wants to watch that? Is that what we want to watch? Yeah, I, I well, mean, exactly. Is that a product that you want to see every week to week? I don't. I know that. I, I nipped up to the uh, Safeway uh, up in mm. Napa uh, as a tournament that I absolutely love. Uh, it's not a particularly uh, a stunning golf course, but it's you know it's. It's there, and it's a nice, uh, easy walk uh, for somebody like me. The uh, but Rory played there two or three years ago, and the longest club he hit in on any par four was a nine iron. Yeah, uh, I mean Cameron Champ, uh, great player, uh, won this weekend. I think his driving average was three hundred and thirty-seven yards or something. Well, uh, I think I really hit his, his tee shot on the last hole to when he hit three hundred and sixty-nine yards. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, you know, where 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 does it, you know, where does it end? Uh, how do you combat it? Uh, you don't combat it with setup because that causes all sorts of problems uh, in terms of entertainment values, in terms of separating the best from the uh, the the kind of mediocre or the average. Uh, the only answer is is bifurcation of some sort of description, either in equipment. I mean, because you can't ask TaylorMade or Titleist to. You know, I uh, or or Callaway to just dump all the hybrids. That's a very lucrative. I I mean, I've got a two iron, I've got a Callaway two iron hybrid. I absolutely love it. Well, I'm on, I'm only talking about for the pros here. Exactly. I mean, yeah. The, the, the amateurs give them anything that, that makes the game more fun. I mean, goodness, the, anything they want, they can have. As far as I'm concerned, but if you add the uh, you know the playability benefits of the high, likes of the hybrid to somebody with a you know a large amount of talent, and the courses just get. So, I mean, the courses that, you know, again, Mike Clayton's the one that sticks up for the courses, and I'm with him on this. The courses get are the ones part of the equation that do not get near enough support from everybody, really. 
Um, where does it end, Huggy? How do you think this plays out over the next five years? I mean, put your well, Nostra, Nostradamus hat on. It has to. They have to do something about the equipment. I mean, I'm hearing rumours that something might be on the way on that front um, from you know both RNA and Augusta. But I've heard those rumours before, and nothing's happened. I mean, there's a distance, you know, thing coming out. The report coming out soon, uh, certainly before the end of the year, from the RNA. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. I hope they don't just kick the can down the street, as they say, yet again. But uh, I fear the worst. But uh, they, eventually something has to happen because it, it's just going to get ridiculous And if it isn't already. Um, well, that'll be very interesting because we've seen these distance reports before and and it's it's not comparing uh, you know apples with apples. It's... Uh, well, nobody hits driver off off the tee anymore, you know. No, so, well, that's I mean, the thing. They've eliminated driving. What used to be the hardest thing in the game has become the easiest, and it sometimes it's not even there. Uh, so the, I, I, you know, and and the more the more the fairways back towards the tee, there's you know they're just try you know tr- so that again they're not comparing uh, like with like. So I'm not sure I trust these distance reports. But I, I mean, it was a genuine question, Huggy. In five years' time, where, do you think? What do you think? Do you think we'll have a new ball or a bifurcated ball or bifurcated equipment in some kind of way? I think, that they'll, yes, they'll, they'll have to have. I mean, certainly within, yeah, five years is, is not a bad number. I mean, something has to happen. It just has to. It just cannot go on like this because I, I know, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm 99.9% sure that the RNA are extremely concerned about the 2021 Open at the old course if they get a nice calm week, which you know is in, it's, it's not, uh, it's possible even in Scotland to get uh, a few days when when there's hardly any wind. If that happens, I can see multiple scores in the high fifties, not just one or two. I can see you know a few guys breaking sixty because, as you pointed out, I mean they'll be driving five or six of the holes and kicking the ball onto you know four or five others. And if somebody does that and puts well, they're going to break sixty. That's on a calm day. It's just that simple. I see. Again, this is probably really boring, but interesting for me. Uh, one. Uh, let's go through them. One. Well, you can't drive one. Magic Cameron Champ might be able to fly it on one. <laughs> well, they'll be they'll be having to lay up short of the burn. You know, uh, with, a, with a six iron or a five iron or something. You know. It's... Oh, oh, easily. Um, that might be. Yeah. That might be. They're looking at maybe seven irons, eight irons to lay up on, yeah. on the. Yeah. On the some... uh, two. Mm-hmm. Can somebody drive? I'm sure that somebody could drive two. Yeah, they'll be getting close. They'll be kicking it on. Yeah, uh, three. Three, they can drive. Yeah, uh, four. Well, uh, five is a five would be a drive and a short iron. Six, obviously. Six, they'd be they'd be kicking it onto six. Uh, seven. Se- seven, they could drive if they were brave enough. Yeah. Um, it's not probably the most sensible <laughs> shot, but it, it's possible. What would you do? Would you have to cut down? You have to head over down yeah, the right hand side. Just yeah, go, you could cut the corner off. Yeah, but that would get dangerous because there'll be a, there might even be a grandstand in the way in the, at the open. That might be one way of stopping them from doing that. Uh, but, uh, eight, no, nine. Yes, nine drivable. Ten drivable. Twelve drivable. Thirteen's oh. got a natural hazard in the way you can't do there. But fourteen, they'd be knocking on in two. You know, fifteen would be a short iron. Sixteen would be a short iron. Seventeen would be a short iron as well. And eighteen would uh, be a. And eighteen's driver. Eighteen's a long par three. I mean, don't you, you, you've got to look at that and you think somebody putting well is going to break sixty. Um, that maybe that's what should happen. Maybe that should be allowed to happen, and then yeah. then everybody will just go. Oh, hang on a minute. 
that, that, yeah, the tip, that could be the tipping point. I mean, the anarchist in me kind of hopes that, like you just said, that that, that might happen. But, uh, you know, I kind of hope that we don't have to get to that point. Um, and overall, though, Huggy, how was the, uh, how was the week at St Andrews? Was it, uh, how, was the, how was the town? Busy? Um, well, I didn't spend that much time in St Andrews. I actually went to Canoosty on the Thursday and uh, and watched a bit of Rory and, and his dad. And uh, I was doing a few you know, bits and pieces for magazine stories that I've got coming up. Um, so I didn't actually spend that much time covering the tournament uh, until the Sunday for uh, golfworld.com. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, I mean, it's fun to watch the difference in a way for for nine holes i could i could i was quite happy watching the difference between the the way that pros do it and the way that we all have to do it these days but it's eventually i just start shaking my head and it, it gets depressing uh, what are they hitting on 18 then does what at, at Carnoustie, the you know at, the, at Carnoustie. um Oh, mind you, it'll be a, I would imagine it's a driving it a down, flick it, it yeah. yeah it was it was a very short iron for the pros yeah so um, and obviously, do you find time to go and have lunch with your old friend Hugh Grant? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. See, I don't think he was there this year, was he? He wasn't. He wasn't. I don't. I, think, I, no. I specifically looked. Um, anyway, the uh, well, there you go. Um, I'm waiting for the European Tour's response. Do you think they'll say anything, or will they? Um, I think probably there'll be a phone call from Keith Pelly to, to Rory um, to maybe pick his spots better. But I, again, it, you know, we as journalists, we, we want people like Rory to, yeah. to say stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, he gets slaughtered in certain quarters for saying something that is pretty much on the mark, really. Or at least it, it leads you into a discussion that gets to where the game should be going. And then, so... He gets all that and he shakes his head and gets fed up with it and, and stops talking. So we can't have it both ways. I mean, uh, I'm on his side. Uh, no, it was uh, good stuff. Um, so uh, over here, uh, very quickly, oh God, we're t- taking up our time at the safe way. I, I went up, Huggy, just for, um, I wanted to go, I, I don't know if you know about this, but there's a the 17-year-old kid called Akshay Batia, uh, mm. who is the kind of hottest of hotshots Uh I came out of the American Junior Golf Association. Um, I think the best. I saw him at the Walker Cup. He's, he was at the Walker Cup. He's left-handed, yeah. Left-handed. I, I wondered what, yes. what you thought. I, he beat the amateur champion in the Sunday singles. Uh, uh, what's his name? Jamie Segu. I can't. Uh, can't uh, the, the Irish lad. Yeah, uh, he was uh, playing poorly. Yeah, that, that wasn't much of a match. Yeah, he was. He was off form in, in his defence. I mean, there's always somebody playing poorly at these things. It just happened to be him. The um, what did you think of him? Such that you well, saw. I watched. Him. I mean, he, he was. He, he stuck out for probably the wrong reasons. I watched him on the range for a bit when it was really windy, um, whether it was the first morning or the practice. I think it was one of the practice days he was out with uh, the lad, uh, the older lad that won the uh, Madamit. Hagenstadt. That's, yeah. that's him, yes. The two of them were hitting balls in the wind and to be fair, they, they didn't have much of a clue uh, when it came to hitting the ball lower in the wind. I mean, they were just hitting normal shots and ballooning them up in the air and uh, I wasn't too impressed with that, but uh, he can clearly play. Obviously, he can play, um, and he didn't have to show much in that match that you just discussed. Um, he, he was it was pretty comfortable for him. I mean, the guy, the other guy, just didn't play well. The uh, I went along. Uh, to be honest, I, 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 that kid's got no chance. That kid's got no chance at this age. He uh, 
as you say, uh, you know, there was no wind up there. He missed a cut. I mean, I think he was two under for the first day, and the second day he was four or five over. Uh, he, mm-hmm. Physically, he's not kind of up to it. He, he's very slight. I mean, clubhead speed of about 227 miles an hour, but he's 120 pounds and he's, you know, ringing wet. The uh, But mm-hmm. can, as you say, he can't flight the ball. His ball flight is, I mean, if the wind was five or ten, I mean, he'd have, he'd have no chance. But it, it just got me thinking, what is the... Uh, the kind of rush, the rush to get these kids playing on on the pro tour. He's nowhere near ready for for the PGA tour. No, but uh, but there he is with his Callaway tour bag, uh, and I believe that uh, I believe that Callaway paid a lot of money. I've no idea what it was, but somebody told me at the weekend they paid a lot of money uh, to, for for him to turn pro. He's got uh, Mickelson's a- uh, agent behind him, uh, seventeen years old, and I just think, oh my goodness, that that this could go horribly horribly wrong uh and you know maybe five or ten years down the line you might be a, a good tour player but you know right this could destroy him and i say that i noticed at the weekend at ty remember ty tryon remember yes ty? yeah well ty tryon played in the uh, first stage of uh q school for the corn ferry or the web.com whatever you want to call it and missed i think he was third last in his qualifying site missed by right, right. A, a absolute absolute <coughs> miles yeah is this a modern phenomenon? This you know, forcing kids to go and turn pro. I mean, could, back in the day, well, was there anybody? I know, nobody's forcing them. But I'm sure there was an, as you just said, an enormous financial incentive for them to to take the plunge. Uh, and yet there have have been examples of um, really strong amateurs who've resisted the urge to turn pro when they were you know doing really well. And maybe a year to eighteen months later, they've been on the slide. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of the perfect example is Lloyd Saltman, the compatriot, yeah. uh, who was you know winning the amateur medal at the Open and doing really well and looked competitive at that level at a fairly young age. He didn't turn pro. He stayed on for a, a second Walker Cup, um, the one that Rory actually played in at County Down. Wasn't playing nearly as well by that time, and was actually that was the beginning of what has been a kind of sad decline. I mean, he's not, he's I'm not sure he's even on the Euro Pro Tour third tier circuit in Europe now. Uh, so you know, if he'd taken the the offers that came along when he was doing well, he would at least be a bit better off these days. But he waited, and I'm sure the offer he got when he did turn pro wasn't nearly as good. So that's the chance you take, and and the financial incentive. It's huge, I would imagine, for somebody that age, and, and depends on his family circumstances. I don't know what that lads are, but the, the, any individual that comes into the equation as well, I'm sure. I, I was just thinking, though, but I, I think the PGA Tour has a duty of care to a kid that yeah. age. Yeah, you could argue that. Yeah, um, because I think they they do so in the NBA. You know, there's age, there's lower age limits in in the NBA. Certainly, there is in uh, the NFL for obvious reasons. But didn't the didn't the LPGA Tour have something like that? Yeah, for... I was just going to say that. I think they they've got an age limit. Um, where I think you have, I mean Lydia Ko, I think got some kind of exemption for it because she was just so exceptional. But I think you have to be on that level to to even think about getting past that little rule, which is a good thing, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know how old Lydia Ko is now, but I mean, she looks completely burnt out in golf. Just not. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, she changed her swing, and it's uh, not for the better, as it turned out. Um, Cameron Champ uh, won it. Um, yeah. What, what do you? When you've stood on the tee with him. What do you think <laughs> when he hits a drive? It's it's just phenomenal. But to be <laughs> the the thing about him, Huggy, is he's got great technique. 
Aye, I mean that, a great swing. The 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 kid uh, Batia, I, I don't know what his club head speed is. But, I mean, he had some miles. He was playing with a good player actually, Rob, Robbie Shelton, who mm-hmm. uh, for some reason I know came out of Alabama University. I don't know why the University of Alabama, but mm-hmm. uh, he was hitting it maybe. And Robbie Shelton is a good player and who will have a nice career on the PGA Tour. But Batia uh, was hitting it when he hit it straight, which was seldom. Was hitting it <laughs> twenty to thirty yards past uh, Sh- Shelton. But uh, but with no technique, his technique's horrible. Um, right. The uh, but but Cameron Champ. In fact, there's a great. Did you ever follow this guy David Poulton on Twitter? I, I, I do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, great, he po- great pictures. Ph- phenomenal swings. Anyway, I saw on his Twitter feed this morning it was a swing of Cameron Champ at the age of fourteen. Yeah, with Kip Putterball, who I did a story with at Golf Digest back in the day. We because it's a name you don't forget that Kip Putterball. Who is a uh, Kip? Putterball then, who, who is he? He's a coach, he was in California, I think he was in California, certainly when I, I flew to California to do a story with him, uh, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was about, but it was on the cover of Golf Digest back in the day, and uh, I was quite impressed with him, he talked a lot of sense, I thought. Did he? Well, I don't know, I th- advise people to go and have a look at that, what a swing he had at 14, yeah. absolutely yeah. phenomenal, it was kind of poetry in motion. If he puts and chips well, it's hard to see yeah. how he loses. Well, and yet you say that, but look at the—he's—he won a year ago, uh, almost exactly on the PGA Tour, and he's won again. He, he's obviously a great talent, but in between, come yeah. on, he's, he was off the charts. How bad he was! <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, this is a terrible thing to say. I, I'm not sure how uh, how can I frame this. I'm not sure he's big on strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to be these days. That's another thing. Well, that's right, but I, I, I'm guessing he's not winning the Open Championship anytime soon. Yeah. I, I think I think Cameron Champ's Plan B is more of Plan A. <laughs> plan A, but swing harder. Uh, anyway, yeah. fantastic yeah. swing. Uh, he, the only thing is, well, he's not a he's not a winning personality. The one thing I did notice uh, that is a I don't know if you. I mean, these days you probably nobody does it. In fact, I know nobody does it because I was there. I, I wandered into the uh, media center. And it's and it's just deserted uh, at the yeah. Safeway Open, and that is a that is a great event, Huggy. Uh, these uh, small town, you know, quotes and quotes minor uh, PGA Tour events are really fun. You go along, very intimate. Uh, not a lot of well, a few people there, but not huge crowds. So you can get really good access. You can walk around. It's really excellent. I mean, I didn't go inside the ropes, and get great views. And it was a really it was a fun day out. But, mm. uh, but but you just kind of you know you, you you go to these things and you just wonder you know the future of the media because the only the only people who are there are the PGA Tour dot com and mm. and and the Golf Channel neither of whom are going to break much stories. In fact, there was a story though this morning, but it was broken by somebody who wasn't there. It was Andrew Andrew Roth Andrew Both uh, mm-hmm. and Reuters broke a story about the uh, a number of the the introduced the testing on the drivers and a number of. Uh, a number of uh, clubs were were pulled as illegal. Right. You, yeah. you, well, you, well, that probably doesn't surprise me. Um, so that's a that's kind of a, an interesting thing. I I think it was five or six that were and and guys were named actually. I, I don't have it in front of me, but, mm. ga, but guys were named. Do you think this? Do you think this stuff is deliberate, Huggy, or do you think it's uh, well, accidental? What I've heard. I mean, this might be wrong. I'm not. I'm far from an equipment expert. Uh, but I think the these things are so close to the edge that 
after a wee bit of wear and tear, that they're inevitably going to be the wrong side of the line. Um, I think that's what's happening, but uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but but if if that's known to be the case, why are they going so close to the line? That's the thing. Well, that's just to maximise the distance. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, here, here we go. This is amazing, actually. The non-conforming drivers are from across the manufacturing spectrum, including major brands such as Titleist, TaylorMade, Cobra. Two insiders with knowledge of the matter said, believe that Corey Connors, Robert Streb, Jason Duffner. I watched a bit of Jason Duffner. I love his swing. It's yeah, brilliant. And yeah. Michael Thompson and Mark Hubbard were amongst those whose drivers did not pass the test. You kind of have to wonder about the cynicism of the manufacturers. I mean, if if they, if it's a, yeah, an engineering fact that you know you hit the ball a few times with these drivers and they they start uh, breaking the the rule, then you would have, you, you know, if you're if you're trying to protect the game, you can you have to dial it back, then, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, this is this is nothing new, though. I mean, way back in the day, I mean, remember Tom Watson's irons were tested and the grooves were non-conforming, <laughs> much to Gary Player's glee. I remember at the time. Oh, is that right? Um, oh, of course, they yeah. had the, they had the big spat, they'd, didn't they? They'd had words, that, yeah, previously. But yeah, I mean, and I have to think that's probably the same. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, but I don't think they are testing irons every week and having a look at the grooves. And and you'd have to think that if somebody's been using, you know, these clubs for a wee while, that inevitably that some of them are going to get a bit worn and they might be the wrong side of the line. I mean, that you know, that that's not cheating. That's just you know, not paying attention really. Um... Anyway, it's all I, I love it when these. Uh, it's just great uh, and good. It's a good. It's a, But I mean, my point. I mean, the point is not about the the driver, the the illegal drivers, but uh, uh, it's more about you know the media. The guy who broke that story wasn't actually on the premises. Well, that's right. That yeah, that's a very good point because inevitably, when when we're all gone, I don't see the next generation emerging, and it's the coverage. Uh, this is a message for the public out there. The, the coverage is, is going to be sanitised beyond belief because it's going to be the establishment writing about itself. Well, can and you, that's that, you know that's no way to, to know what's really going on. Can you imagine pgatour.com writing that, that story? What's the chances no, of never, that? No, never. Never. Never in a million years. Yeah, exactly. And no, nor would the Golf Channel. Um, well, they're in business. They're in business with the PGA Tour. Um, Anyway, all, all all good fun. Uh, Cameron Champ, I think uh, he's going to win a major. Uh, he's going to win. You know, won't be the U.S. Open, but it might be the PGA, something like that, where he could, you know, he's given a little bit of leeway. Um, yeah, that or he, he might win the Open a couple of years from now with a, you know three scores of fifty six and one of fifty eight. You know, something like that. Did, did, were you? Did you talk to anybody at Aaron either? Were they? Are, are they really shitting themselves? Well, it, it just you know, uh-huh. it's all very unofficial at the moment. But uh, I've got a request in. To uh, to speak to Mr. Slumbers on behalf of a magazine that I write for, and uh, so far there hasn't been a yes or a no, but um, it's it's taken them an awful long time to get back to me. Put it that way. Um, yeah, uh, well, it's all it's all it's all kind of veering. The whole thing, the funnel is all veering towards that um, that twenty twenty one open. Um, mm. That could really uh, really change everything. Uh, just very briefly, uh, the week ahead, Huggy. I don't even know what's coming up. The the Spanish Open. That used to be yes. a big. That used to be a big tournament, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a big. There's a few continental. It's, it's not Spain, Italy, Italy, Portugal, France. The next four weeks. I what what the feels like. I mean, Italy's. That's one of those Rolex series things, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Well, they'll get you know they'll get Molinari and a couple of others, and I think John Rams. Obviously, he's defending in Spain this this week. Um, it'll just be the usual. There'll be one or two, three 
big names and the rest of it will just be like a normal European tour field, which is nothing wrong with that, of course, but that's what it'll be. It's an odd time for the these national opens, Spain, Italy, France, all, one after the other. I mean, the mm. France one used to have a prime spot, didn't it? And yeah, now... well, that's it's the classic demotion. As soon as you've had the Ryder Cup, you're you're kicked into touch, basically. I mean, remember the, you know, the K Club used to have the European Open, and it was gone fairly soon after the Ryder Cup there. And the Celtic Manor had the Wales Open, which was gone again fairly soon after the Ryder Cup. The, there's a pattern there. As, as soon as the the European Tour are not getting the, the you know the big bucks that they've gotten from the contract for people buying the Ryder Cup, basically, um, they're, they're shuffled off into the into the corners. And that's what's happened to the French Open. It's a classic example. You think that, that's kind of short term, isn't it? Because one day they'll, they'll, need, well, the, they'll need the French, yeah, won't you, they? Yeah, you'd have to think so. It's all, you know, it's the usual story about being nice on the way up because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the way down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. But the, the European Tour have done that for a while now. And, uh, you know, I've never really... It's always, It does seem a bit harsh, doesn't it? Uh, it's a good run of a. It's a pretty good run actually. The European Tour's done well. Uh, mm. So you had last week you've Spain, Italy, France, three national opens, Portuguese Masters. Then you're into the champions, and then you're into the uh, Turkish. Yeah. Um, oh god. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the European Tour's chance. I mean, this is always the you know, the the new schedule was going to benefit them at this time of year, and Wentworth was was you know really good, and and hopefully will be better next year we talked about that but uh the the downside of course was the, the the big gap between the middle east in january and early february and then it's you know it's tumbleweed until you get through the u.s open i mean that's a long long gap that isn't plugged now by having wentworth in may which kind of helped a bit but uh, now that's gone it's it's a long long time before the the big players to be somewhere else other than the european tour um anyway and then there's the uh, the big one uh, the shriners down in Las oh, Vegas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> at TP Summerlin. Uh, we'll give that one a miss. But the, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, the Houston Open as well. I quite like that one. Uh, Poulter. Yeah. Was Poulter Things there? Was Poulter there last, last? No, he wasn't, was he? He, he didn't defend, no. Um, uh, anyway, right. Yeah. Listen, we'll leave it at that, Huggy. Um, so what you got? What else have you got on this week? Talking to anybody? Off to, to see anybody? Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm heading to Oban on Wednesday to see uh, Scotland's greatest ever left-handed golfer. Uh, did we ever have any? Who were the other great uh, left-handed yeah. golfers? Well, the only one I could come up with, and this is, <laughs> was there was a young lad called, I think his name was Ben Collier. If, I mean, this is maybe 20 odd years ago. He won the Scottish Boys Championship. He was left-handed, and that's the only other halfway decent left-hander I can think of that we've had. The... Uh... But just to, to to double back there on the, you know, you look at somebody like McIntyre, who has not always been about golf. His childhood, as far as I can gather, mm. was, was mostly about shinty, with a bit of golf in between the shinty. Uh, you know, I think his yeah. family, I'm joking, of course. But, but he, you know, there's a guy who clearly loves golf now. It's really benefited him playing another sport. And then, and you look at this kid, Batia, who's doing nothing but, I mean, he's a superstar in American mm. junior golf circles. But, you know, who's going to be burnt out quicker? I, I think uh, you look at somebody... I mean, what's the upside in McIntyre? Do you think... Is he a... I've always sort of said that he might have a chance of of being Scotland's Graham McDowell. Has that been has that been too effusive? Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, he, he's incredibly promising. I mean, he's had three second-place finishes in his rookie season on the European Tour, and he's not finished yet. And I, I 
kind of half listened to him after he finished yesterday at St Andrews, and he was disappointed, you know, with his performance, and he was something like twenty fifth or whatever. Yeah, and uh, that was that was seen as a as a disappointment, which tells you everything about him. Uh, the uh, the other thing about him, famously absolutely mullered uh, Cameron Champ at the. Uh, at yes, the, he what, did. Six yeah. and six and five. I was there. It was, six and four. Six I, and four. Let's get Cameron. Six, to right. The uh, it was very funny because Champ is a he's a specimen. You know, he's not especially. I mean, he's tall. But he's, yeah. he's clearly been in the gym since day one. He looks fantastic. <laughs> it looks funny. I know where you're heading with that. Oh, and then I was brilliant. He's waiting on the first tee with a Ralph Lauren outfit on, and then yeah. McIntyre walks up with his shirt tail hanging out. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously he's had a few turrets, caramel wafers in his tail. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had an interaction with him on Twitter once saying, you know, you got to get, you got to get in the gym, and I was like, oh. But, uh, um, but I tell you, he's an enormously likable young lad. I mean, he's he's been brilliant. extremely well brought up. I'm, I'm looking forward to having a, even a brief chat with his parents because they've done a good job there. The other thing the other... is is that he uh, he's a player. You know, that's mm. the thing. He's a he's a. I mean, he's not so much a technician. Although, yeah. I mean, swings clearly serviceable, but he's a, he can really. And that's where I thought yeah. the comparison with McDowell. Was quite yes. uh, was quite opposite. Uh, anyway, well, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Oban's a nice spot, Huggy. Uh, yeah, I've been there once, I think, in my life, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What, what's the golf course he, he grew up on? What's uh, it called? Glen Cruton. It yeah. says I wrote this down. I've got it here. Hang on, give me one second. Glen Cruton. It is uh, par sixty-two, <laughs> and it is four thousand four hundred and seventy-one yards off the back tees. Yeah. It's three thousand six hundred and thirty-six yards off the front and four thousand two hundred and thirty-six yards off the boxes. Fantastic! And, and, the, and a day ticket is uh, thirty-nine dollars in your currency. Um, the uh, hang on a minute, I'm st- I'm not American. Just I guess. <laughs> what's it in Scottish pounds? The uh, and the, the thing 30, thirty pounds a day. Well, that's quite expensive, actually. <laughs> You'd have that's to... for a day. All oh, right, day. okay. The uh, and it's on the side of a hill. Do you think there's something in that? The fact that he's such a good player that he's playing basically on a on a not to be you know mean. I mean, it's not a premium. <laughs> I was going no. to say I was going to call it a dog track, but that would that would get us yeah. into trouble. But I mean, it's you know side hill lies. You know, yeah. not exactly uh, well manicured. That helps. That helps a golfer, doesn't it? That helps develop he's, a good golfer. Yeah, a good player. yeah. Well, he'll have learned some shots. Put it yeah. that way. Um, and Rory's the same because that the place that he grew yeah. up on isn't exactly. Uh, no, it's not. No. Um, anyway, well, enjoy uh, Oban. Uh, it's a nice drive uh, up and over. Rest and be thankful, I guess. Will it be that? Be, um, oh no, you come from Perth. I'm especially straight across from me, right there, from right to left across Scotland. Anyway, that'll be great. Have fun, and I'll talk to you soon, Huggy. All the best, mate. Take care. Thanks, Lawrence. Cheers.
It's a wide open 